Welcome to the Wellness Glow Podcast. My name is Susie Garden, anti-aging naturopath and nutritionist, founder of the Glow Protocol, and I help women feeling stressed, flat, and older than they'd like regain their youthful energy and glow. Anti-aging is an inside job, and I know for sure that we can use specific foods, movement, mindset techniques, and build stress resilience to reduce our biological age and look and feel younger in our bodies and minds as well as potentially lengthening our lifespan. I'm here to be your guide to the latest in anti-aging and longevity research so that you can learn and apply simple techniques to reduce skin wrinkles, body pain, gut issues, improve your energy and have your skin glowing with health. And I'm not even exaggerating. So if you're struggling with stress, fatigue, brain fog, weight gain, perimenopause and feel like you've tried everything, then get ready to let go of everything you think you know. It's time to forget all the strategies that haven't worked for you before and join me as I share what actually does work. I have a down-to-earth approach and make the science seem simple and actionable. I know that the knowledge and insights I share can change your life and the way that you approach your health. And I'm excited to help you glow. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast this week. I'm Susie Garden, and I'm so excited to talk to you about this topic. I probably say this every week, let's face it. But this topic, I think, is one that comes up all the time. And the reason that I chose it, it's all about belly fat, is I was having an anti-aging strategy call with someone today for the Glow Protocol, and she mentioned it. She came, you know, she's putting on weight, and it's really among around her belly and it's not something that she's had before and I hear this all the time so I thought okay I haven't talked about this yet on the podcast and I think it's really important because I know for me personally my belly area is probably my most when I'm the most conscious of even though you know statistically I don't have a large belly but it is for me an area that's pretty, I don't know, sensitive. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to talk about what happens and why we tend to accumulate weight around our middle, particularly uh, as we get in our 40s and beyond. And part of this is to do with perimenopause and menopause. In fact, a lot of it is to do with that. Um amongst other things. But yeah, I'm going to focus pretty much on that today because essentially as estrogen declines, there's a few things that goes on. As estrogen declines, we can get an increase or rather we do get an increase in our muscle mass. And that's just unfortunately a part of life. And when we lose muscle mass, we lose Uh, or rather we decrease our metabolism. Our metabolism slows down. When our metabolism slows down, it means that when we're not doing anything, our body doesn't burn so many calories. So when we're sleeping, we don't burn so many calories. When we're resting, when we're sitting at our desks, working, when we're driving, compared with someone that has quite a reasonable muscle mass, we're burning less calories. So just that on its own is going to slow. So even if nothing about your diet changes and you find yourself putting on weight, it could be because what we call your basal metabolic rate has slowed. And that can be because of a reduction in estrogen. 
And then at the same time, another thing that is a result of the lower estrogen and lower progesterone is we can have more of a tendency towards insulin resistance. And you've probably heard me speak about insulin resistance. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today. I've had a look back through the podcast episodes. I haven't really talked about this since, uh, gosh, towards the beginning of last year. So I think it's high time to talk about it again because it's super important. And a lot of people still don't really know a lot about it. But um, estrogen and progesterone are hormones that are anti-inflammatory. The body really likes them. And they're also metabolism stimulating. And so as these hormones drop away in perimenopause, then we get this slowing of metabolism again, not just from the muscle mass point of view, but because our metabolism just will slow and because um, of the the insulin resistance that can occur. So um, menopause increases the risk of insulin resistance. This is the interesting thing. It increases the risk of insulin resistance and... Insulin resistance increases the symptoms of menopause. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle that goes on. Now, if you want to do a quick check, there's a few ways that insulin resistance is measured. And I'm going to go into what it actually is in a a moment. But to actually just have a quick check for yourself so you can see how relevant this episode is for you. If you do a measure around your waist at the navel, And if that measure is 100 centimeters or more, then it's almost certain that you have insulin resistance or a degree of insulin resistance. So that's one that you can kind of tick off as almost a certainty. Also, um, other markers of insulin resistance are just having a family history. If you, of diabetes that is, if you have some so what we call other um, conditions that form part of this metabolic syndrome, which are things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and you are overweight, then it does put you in a higher risk category for insulin resistance. Also, if, you, if you're quite sedentary in your lifestyle, that can contribute as well. So what is insulin resistance? Let's talk about that. So you may have heard of insulin. Insulin is often uh, thrown around when we talk about diabetes and insulin is essentially a hormone that is secreted by the pancreas when there's glucose present in the body, essentially. So when we eat, we break down the food, glucose enters the bloodstream. It's not really that much good to us there. We need to get it into the cells. And the cells is where it can be used to provide energy. And so insulin, I kind of describe insulin as the key to the lock of the cell, unlocks the cell and allows the insulin to go in. Now, it's pretty simplistic, but it's essentially what happens. Sorry, it allows the glucose to go in. Uh, so it's essentially what happens on a simplistic level. So uh, insulin is also our fat storage hormone, as I've mentioned before, and so you know, when there's insulin circulating in the bloodstream, which as there is when we have high glucose, then we start storing fat because there's only so much glucose we can use at any one time. So we've got the glucose that we're using at that time. Then we store some glucose in the form of something called glycogen, and that tends to be in the liver and the muscles. And then the rest of it we store as fat because we've only have very limited storage supplies for glycogen. 
So glycogen is kind of like our quick uh, energy that we can just grab without breaking down fat. So this is making sense. And as you remember, or you might remember me saying, we have an unlimited capacity to store fat. Unlimited. There is no mechanism that switches this off, people. So we have to switch off the the fat storage mechanism by using food essentially and movement. So with insulin resistance, when people are starting to become insulin resistant, then the pancreas secretes three to four times as much insulin to try and get the glucose into the cells. Because if the insulin is just not working, sorry, that's what insulin resistance is, is when the, the insulin itself that's being secreted is just not working to open the door to the cell. So pancreas starts to panic and it's producing more and more insulin. It's going, hey, I don't know what's going on here because those cell doors are not unlocking. So I'm secreting more and more insulin and nothing's happening or very little is happening. So because there's all this circulating insulin, we're laying down more fat. um, There's lots more glucose in the bloodstream and that can cause damage to things like our kidneys and our eyes and our blood vessels. And obviously diabetes is one of those um, conditions that's caused by insulin resistance and high circulating glucose levels. So it's kind of like this, this terrible metabolic state to be in. And it's kind of, insulin resistance is kind of considered to be a pre-diabetic state. And you really don't want to go down the pathway of diabetes if you can possibly avoid it. And for the most part, most of us can avoid it. Uh, potentially, even if we get it in the early stages, we can even reverse it, which is incredible, but it definitely happens. And so I wanted to talk a little bit now about how we can address uh, insulin resistance and belly fat. Because this is the thing, belly fat is a really interesting type of fat. We have like the subcutaneous fat, which is, um, you know, unsight. Let's just say, let's just say it. We don't want it. Most of us don't really want to have belly fat. It's a complaint I hear often in my practice when I'm talking to people about the GLOW protocol, when I'm talking to people about weight loss. Generally speaking, it's the belly fat that people want to lose. Sometimes it's the upper arm fat. Sometimes it's around the breast tissue. Um, I guess because of the, the Kardashian effect, it's very fashionable to have fat on your butt and on your thighs at the moment. So that's not so much an, an issue for people. And to be honest, from a health point of view, you're much better off if you're storing fat on your hips and thighs because that kind of fat is what we call subcutaneous fat. It's not, it's kind of inert. It's just kind of storage of energy. Um, it also stores toxins as well because it is pretty stable. And it's different when we're storing fat around the middle. When we're storing fat around the middle, we're also, that fat can pretty much become its own, what we call an endocrine organ. And it can actually start producing estrogens. And this can potentially be useful in menopause, but it also can cause hormone imbalance. So it's something that, can be quite problematic. And also probably more than anything, the most important thing is that it increases risk of chronic disease. And there was a really interesting study, I think it was in the Journal of the American Medical Association relatively recently, that looked at overweight people 
with high waist circumference and normal weight people that were not considered overweight, but they tended to store their fat around the middle. So, you know, you've heard these apples and pears of body shape. So an apple body shape holds fat around the middle, pears hold it in the butt and thighs. So they did this study and they found that even if you were normal weight, compared to people that were obese, if you had that larger waist circumference, then you had the same kind of level of risk of chronic disease. And um, that obviously is not something we want, particularly, you know, I work with a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s. And it doesn't matter what age you are, you still want to be healthy. You still want to have energy. You still want to have good sleep. You still want to live and you want to live well. You don't just want to be alive. You want to be out there and enjoying life and enjoying family and friends and all the rest of it. So, you know, I know for me as myself, as I've reached each decade, you think, oh, by the time I'm 40, I'm not going to want to be, you know, I don't know, doing the kind of activities, I guess, that you were doing in your, in your 20s and 30s. But I do. And many of my clients do as well. They, they feel like they're the same person inside. It's just a different body, maybe different uh, attitudes. So it's um, definitely something that you want to make sure you are reducing fat around the middle and not allowing that belly fat to accumulate. And, you know, we all know that how we feel when we're not uh, looking our best, feeling our best. And it's at that point that you, you just want to go, right, I need to do something about this now. As soon as the clothes start getting tight. I know for me, if my clothes start getting tight, I'm like on it straight away. And I'm lucky I have the tools. I have, you know, the glow protocol <laughs> keeps me in check. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm digressing a little bit. So I wanted to talk about some solutions for this, for belly fat. So obviously you want to address, actually, before I get into solutions, I would just want to add one more thing to the accumulation of belly fat. Another factor is stress. Stress is a massive factor in this. And that's because when we're in our stress response, we're stressed about relationships or finances or jobs or COVID or whatever it is. When we're in our stress response, our nervous system doesn't understand the difference between a life-threatening stressor and one of those ones I just mentioned. So the response is exactly the same. And part of that response is the secretion of stress hormones, which are cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline primarily. And so cortisol, as many of you may have heard, does promote the laying down of belly fat as well because it influences glucose metabolism. So stress is a huge part of pretty much all of my clients and I'm sure everyone has a degree of stress in their lives that they would like to get rid of. Now, sometimes we just can't get rid of that stress. However, as you've probably heard me say before, you have the ability to control your response to those stressors by using stress management techniques. And those of you who are listening that are in the GLOW protocol know that there's a big emphasis on building stress resilience and that's super important. And it's something really interesting with the clients I work with in Glow Protocol is even though we're really managing nutrition very closely, if there's a stressful event that goes on during the time of the program, 
weight loss will almost inevitably slow unless the stress management techniques are brought in. So that's really important. So let's get into solutions now. Um, So firstly, I talked before about muscle mass. So retaining as much muscle mass as you can, building muscle mass if possible, becomes more difficult from about your mid-40s on. So as building as much muscle mass as you can before you hit 40 is ideal because you can retain muscle relatively easily. Building can be difficult. But yeah, so resistance training, lifting weights is one of the best things for building muscle mass, probably the only thing really. Um, Another thing in terms of movement and managing insulin resistance and therefore belly fat is walking. Walking, interestingly, walking at a pace where you can barely hold a conversation. So I'm not talking about just going for a wander. I'm talking about a brisk walk. Uh, will actually get you into the fat burning zone and it does tend to burn that belly fat. Notice I'm not saying do a whole bunch of (laughs) sit-ups. That is not going to necessarily reduce your belly fat. Okay, so just resistance training and walking, the best. Uh, The other thing, obviously building stress resilience, as I mentioned before, that can be as simple as deep breathing techniques. And you don't necessarily have to set aside extra time in your day. I often have people say, I don't have time. You don't actually have to do anything different to what you're currently doing. If you learn good breathing techniques, you can do it while you're driving, while you're shopping, while you're cooking, while you're working. You don't have to even really think that much about it because your body will start to just do it naturally. So stress resilience techniques, vital. Personalized nutrition, I can't speak highly enough of having personalized nutrition plan done for you based on your body's biochemistry because everybody is different. With the plans that I work with, every plan is different. It's crazy. I can't predict what's going to be on people's plans because your everyone's biochemistry is different. Everyone's body measurements with that biochemistry, with that medical history is different. So personalized nutrition is just unreal and it works. Also to help with belly fat, three meals a day, no snacks. It's been shown even in diabetic patients, obviously have loads of uh, difficulties with insulin Even in those patients, changing from several small meals a day to three meals, no snacks, improves blood glucose levels. And in some cases, actually in the studies I've seen, reduced medication for diabetes in those those patients. So three meals a day, no snacks, people. If you're a snacker, and I used to be, change over to three meals a day, no snacks. They're going to be beautifully balanced meals with proper proportions of protein carbs and fats. But yeah, that will make a huge difference to your belly fat. Also staying hydrated. And I only say this, there's a couple of reasons. Obviously, we all, we're mainly water, so we need to stay hydrated. And I find particularly in cooler weather, a lot of people really struggle with this, but it's super important because we need water for certain biochemical processes to go on in the body. But also it keeps you sated it can help you manage hunger and because often our 
drive to eat can be actually thirst rather than hunger, even though it might feel like hunger. It also helps to flush toxins from the body so that um, we're not accumulating them so much. It's another topic for another day. Um, Also, I would say on the nutrition part of things, just um, removing temptations of food from your home makes a huge difference. When I did this, I found that unreal because I didn't say I couldn't have those foods. It just, I just made it a lot more difficult for me to get those foods because me, for me, it's sugar. I'm, I love sugar and I have a pretty low sugar existence these days, but still I've got to be vigilant. And if I go out and I have a dessert, it can really trigger me to eat more sugar the next day and the day after. So I have to be super careful. It's clearly something that is hardwired into me, whether it's habit or whether it's um, my biochemistry, I suspect it's my biochemistry. And I suspect that's also why I have a tendency to put weight on around the belly when I put on weight. So I think that's all I'm going to get into today with this. It's a massive topic, but I've really tried to cover the most simple of things to help. And as I said, it's not about doing a million sit-ups. It's about understanding how this happens, why this happens, and why once you hit 40, it's going to be more likely to happen. And I do hear this a lot from women that things that they used to do in their 20s and 30s don't work anymore. And it's because our hormones are different. If you can balance out those hormones using nutrition, nutrition that's specific for you and having a holistic plan, building stress resilience, knowing what movement to do, detoxing appropriately, this will all help. So If you're interested in learning more about the GLOW protocol, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way to get hold of me at Susie Garden Wellness is my Insta uh, or Facebook. You can message me on there as well. You can actually message me through Spotify, but to be honest with you, I'm not super techie and I haven't, I don't even know if I get notified. I need to go and look at that. So please go through Insta. Um, And yeah, it's starting to get towards the end of October and Christmas is around the corner. So if you want to get started, now is the time so that we're building good resilience for you with your blood glucose and your insulin. So when we hit the festive season, you are good to go. So I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you at Susie Garden Wellness. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of The Wellness Glow. I hope you had loved what you heard here and are excited for the potential to improve your health and increase your lifespan. If this resonated with you, then please screenshot this podcast and share it with your friends. Hashtag The Wellness Glow Podcast. Please rate and review so I can spread the word and keep bringing you more goodness. If you're not already following me on social media, come and join me for extra extra inspiration and teachings. I do frequent updates in my Facebook group, which you can join at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the wellness globe. You can follow me on Instagram at Susie Garden Wellness or check out my website at susiegarden.com. You can download my Essential 8 Anti-Aging Secrets that all women over 40 should know and check out my signature program, The Glow Protocol. I'm so excited you joined me here today and I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Until then, remember your biological age doesn't have to reflect your chronological age and anti-aging is an inside job.